You're listening to QPod, featuring wide-ranging conversations on business and technology, focused on a broad range of topics, including digital finance solutions, advanced analytics, and the intelligent enterprise. Welcome to QPod. My name is uh, Paul Johnston, and uh, it's great to have you with us in the latest episode of QPod. And today we're going to be talking about the operate, can't even say it, how to operationalize machine learning uh, in your business. And to help me explore that topic, I have a gentleman called Giga with us. Hi, Giga. Thanks for joining us. Hi, PJ. Thank you for inviting me. Now, Giga, uh, where are you, by the way? Um, I'm sitting in the office in uh, Slovenia. Uh, actually, it's not Ljubljana. It's just on the across the border of Ljubljana, a small place called Terzin. But let's take it; it's Ljubljana, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, it's brilliant that you're joining us. Um, before we get into the content, could you just share a little bit of background about uh, about yourself, Jika? Yeah, sure. Uh, for those who don't know me, um, I'm I'm obviously coming from Slovenia. Um, I'm uh, by profession. I'm a computer in, or information engineer um, with a bachelor degree, and I have masters in economics. Um, I've been working all my professional life in IT industry. Uh, among others, I have spent ten days working for Oracle on different roles. I spent a couple of years acting as a CE, uh, CIO of a publishing company. And I'm now working with Cubix for yeah the last four years, and before that we've been uh, doing the same job but for the another company. So I think Giga, you might have said that you be, you worked with Oracle for ten days. I'm pretty sure it was ten, ten years. Sorry, ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Did I? <laughs> okay. No worries. Okay, so specifically at Cubix, uh, what do you what do you do? How do you help Cubix and our customers? Okay, originally my role was uh, in business intelligence, so I was working as a uh, as a consultant uh, on several projects, either here in Slovenia and the region, or on the project in UK and Japan. Uh, for the almost last three years, I'm actually working as a manager here in uh, Cubic Slovenia. Uh, and basically, that's what I'm doing right now. So um, would it be fair to say that you, one of the important roles that you fill is you will architect um, a lot of our enterprise analytics solutions that we help clients with? Um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair to say. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. So today we're going to talk about something I know that's quite uh, uh, quite a passion of yours, which uh, is around machine learning. Um, I, I wouldn't think of this as a as a deeply technical conversation, although I'm very happy for you to to take it as technical as as you as you want, Giga. I'm just not sure I I'll be able to keep up with you. Um, and I think what we're trying, what we want to try and accomplish in this conversation is really just to explore. Um, I suppose it's going to feel a little bit like the tip of the iceberg, but to explore at, at a high level how machine learning can be operationalized. Um, and uh, for the purposes of today, we're actually going to use um, an ex um, we're basically going to talk about the fact that I'm in the market to buy a nice bottle of wine. I don't really want to spend too much money, but I want to look good um, when I turn up with my bottle of wine. 
And uh, uh, what we're doing is we, uh, we, we, we've seen, uh, uh, there's a gentleman called Charlie Berger um, at Oracle who put together this great video on YouTube that actually you could watch and, and we'll share a link uh, of it when we, when we publish um, details around this podcast. But we're kind of using a scenario that we want to be accessible where a listener who isn't particularly clued in can kind of get the sense of how machine learning could be applied, really the, the kind of business audience as, as well. So before we get into the deep dive, uh, Gigo, what I thought would be helpful to, to the listeners is if we could first talk about the kind of business process flow we recommend for maximizing the benefits of machine learning. Um, yeah, actually, um, I've been, I, I watched this presentation of Charlie Berger. He did have a presentation during the open world as well. Uh, and what is really funny and uh, interesting with um, this presentation is that um, Charlie is uh, very well known in uh, machine learning or data mining community for years or mm. even decades. <laughs> uh, and um, what what we see here is basically, in a way, Oracle again reinventing the wheel just putting things a little bit nicer, re- relabeling things like that. But uh, in general, uh, what oh, this presentation that he was talking about uh, is about um, machine learning with, within Oracle database. So mm-hmm. uh, I will I will come back later to this topic uh, to discuss this. But it's really interesting. Uh, maybe many of the listeners didn't know, but you know what Oracle is now proposing has been in Oracle database for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, and also, funny enough, uh, the, the process for machine learning, which is now called like a you know, process flow or whatever, machine learning approach or whatever we call it, it's basically all over the place, the same picture for 20 plus years as well. Um, the, the standard process is, uh, has been developed uh, obviously not for machine learning, but in that time it was called data mining. So a cross-industry mm-hmm. process for data mining was actually uh, inv- invented, so to speak, in late 90s by uh, by IBM. And obviously mm-hmm. all the vendors, including Oracle, are using this process uh, as a standard still today. So what this process is about is basically about six steps which any of the project will need to go through uh, in order to get some uh, meaningful and useful uh, result. So any process will start with some business understanding. So asking the right question, what is the business problem you would, we would like to resolve? What are the business value expected and so on? So if so there's no... Sorry, yeah. sorry to interrupt you. So, so in our case, as we have this conversation today, we're going to, we're going to, we might continue to focus on my my business problem, which is I want to find a really nice wine for less than 20 bucks. Is that right? <laughs> exactly. And this is the business, uh, I mean, quite crucial business problem, right? Um, and uh, it requires the business understanding. So once mm-hmm. we understand that you need to buy a good wine at a reasonable price, then obviously in, in the process of machine learning, we would probably go and find uh, the data that would justify some, you know, meaningful machine learning decision. So um, first step would be then gather the data. What data is available to me? Is that data available, you know, 
publicly available or some internal information system. And basically, you would try to get as much as possible data uh, you need. Um, once that is done, you will also have to understand the data. So uh, as part of this data gather and understanding, you would probably or not probably, you will most likely uh, do some statistical analysis to get some insight of the data. You will find a look for some maybe outliers or special cases that stand out, you know, extra expensive wine that you might not want to consider in your considering your analysis at all uh, and similar things like that um, based on this understanding and analysis that you would have done so it's called exploratory anal analysis by the way uh, you would then step in the probably the most important step of the whole process which is the data preparation some mm -hmm. say that uh, data preparation uh, time-wise, uh, might take 90% of all time to do it. So it's a very, very important step. And uh, if if somewhere it is if somewhere it is important to say the garbage in and garbage out, the data, the machine learning is basically the clear example of this uh, statement. If you don't get the data right, meaning that if you have too much var variance in your data or too much bias, you know, noise and stuff in your data, then the results of any prediction will be bad. And basically predicting with bad data, you might get uh, bad results at the end. So once you prepare the data, remove all the noise, sort out the variances, variability of your data, and, you know, make clean, nice days set of data, then you would go and um, do the, the modeling. The modeling would be uh, basically to select uh, uh, an algorithm and then you will try some standard procedures like, you know, splitting the data set into tra training data set, testing data set, maybe cross-validation data set. So you will go through the steps of the modeling and, and, of course, also the evaluation of the process. And if everything is right, so you, you would get good results in the testing and evaluation, then you would probably proceed to the deployment. So the process, mm -hmm. it's not really very standard, straightforward, which is sometimes uh, a marketing message from many vendors or Oracle included that you just take the data, throw the data to algorithm, and there you go. Usually things yeah. like that don't happen. I mean, I have to say, as I was listening to you, um, and of course we've worked together for quite a few years now, it, it does strike me that, um, what you think is perhaps obvious um, isn't to to others. You know, particularly everyone is at a different sort of stage of development and learning when it comes to things like you know topics like machine learning. But I just I'll double back on data data preparation for a second. You know, you you mentioned there that data preparation is is crucial. Um, I, you know, from your experience, is there any? Uh, I don't get a sense from my experience and I guess from yours either. There aren't really any shortcuts, are there? Unless you've got something, you know, remarkable that you can share around that. But am I right that data preparation is basically the guts of a, of a machine learning project? Um, yes, that is true. And, and, you know, with the latest tools and the development and advancement of these uh, algorithms and things, um, you know, these authors uh, take that into the consideration. So sometimes you would find, in particular, with some algorithms, 
uh, that uh, when you run an algorithm, that algorithm also has some data preparation in embedded, which mm-hmm. is which is okay. But sometimes this is not enough. So um, uh, people like data scientists or statisticians would be needed to analyze the data you've got and based on that uh, also would recommend how to prepare the data. But as I said, in some way, you know, if you're not going to be really on the fifth decimal correct, uh, wanted to have the correct uh, answer on the fifth decimal, then you might get off also with these embedded and automated um, uh, uh, tools. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will speak a little bit, probably we'll get to something that is called AutoML, which is something that automates the whole thing and makes people uh, easier to do these type of things. Uh, but okay, let's not just jump ahead. Yeah. But there are <laughs> things embedded, but sometimes you will still need to just apply the common sense to, to the data you're preparing. Okay. Okay. So, so summary, six steps, understand the business need, understand the data, prep the data, do the modeling, evaluate the output, deploy the results. So that, that's the case. Yes, that's great, Giga. So again, without avoiding too much technical jargon, and today we are going to talk a little bit more. We're focusing more, obviously, on the Oracle machine learning platform. Could you just sort of share what the elements are of that platform? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Oracle has built uh, its platform into the database in first place. We see now that there are different platforms coming up, uh, like a data science cloud. Uh, which is also a very uh, interesting platform to look at. But what currently uh, Oracle has is machine learning built into the database. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I just mentioned, Oracle data mining, which is basically predecessor of the machine learning right now, is there in Oracle database for 10 years, uh, 20 years maybe. Uh, Oracle R Enterprise was also built into the database um, um, 10 years ago or something like that. The main purpose of having the algorithms in the database is that the algorithms are closer to data. And when you're dealing with large data sets, uh, it makes sense uh, sensible to uh, have data closer so we can move around, make transformation much more efficient. So this is one thing. The second thing is um, when you're talking about uh, data, in machine learning, uh, this is uh, not this is not the the same data structures that you would use in other data analysis or data warehousing type of right. solutions. So mm-hmm. uh, one of the of the important things uh, in the platform is uh, how to you in how how would you ingest the data, how you would transform the data, and how you would then at the end present the data in the model. This is one thing. Uh, The second thing is uh, when you're working with data, any platform will require some statistical tools. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've seen that uh, we have that statistics, some statistical tools also within Oracle. Uh, There are SQL uh, statistical functions that are available. So you can do quite a lot of statistics in there. But, you know, looking more a little bit more broadly, uh, which tools are, you know, I have in mind is, uh, for example, SAS Studio, you know, 
being has been leader for years but also these open source platforms like r and python are also very popular these days and having said that uh, oracle supports both r and python within the database which is uh, also very important so quite important for the platform you would need to have the data management tools and oracle database is a data management platform anyway. So mm. there are certain tools that you can use. But on top of that, you would also need some, some tools to work with data. So if, if this database is for data storing, uh, you would need some tools. In the past, Oracle had a tool called Oracle Data Miner that was part of SQL Developer. And frankly speaking, it is still part of SQL Developer. And the same same thing, the same code that would be generated by SQL uh, data miner uh, is can be used also with the uh, within the notebooks. Oracle database currently supports so-called Zeppelin no, Zeppelin notebooks, where you can uh, interactively type uh, the commands and get. Um, uh, the results immediately. Either you want to visualize the data or do the, some algorithm calculation or whatever. So it's a quite quite interesting platform to so, play with. Yeah, let me just explore that a bit again. Just thinking about um, you know what I what I'm hearing and what the listeners might be hearing as well. So um, I think the the notebook concept. I mean that that's that's quite an important central element isn't it in terms of how a user interacts with machine learning is would that be fair to say um definitely this notebook concept of developing has been quite popular for for quite some time right now Uh, Mm -hmm. and uh, for the developer for for a data scientist who is developing a machine learning model is very uh very compelling because he can see everything that he does um uh immediately and it is also very strong col- collaboration platform so um it has quite a number of uh uh positive um elements for to be used i'm not saying that every user especially not the end user would use them but those who are working with data preparing working with this model this is basically the standard approach nowadays you would find in all platforms uh, so Python is uh, Python's natural environment, might we say, uh, is is uh, Jupyter, uh, mm-hmm. Jupyter notebooks. So this is a little bit different than Zeppelin, but Oracle with the autonomous data warehouse actually supports uh, another type of uh, notebooks, which is called Ju- Jupyter notebooks and Python. So, so I'm feeling like I've, I've got you've, back to the sort of elements of the solution. So if I'm a Let's say that I'm listening to this and I'm, you know, I'm a business person rather than a technical person and I'm just trying to get a gauge. So I've got, you know, the platform has got to be able to ingest data. It's obviously going to be able to store data, as you've talked about. Mm-hmm. It feels like these notebooks are the tools used to collaborate around the data. Um, what, what, are, what are the, what about um, the other, I mean, where, where does the actual, machine learning modules come into it or the visualization? What, what, what else is needed? Okay, I mean, uh, machine learning within Oracle database already comes with uh, several uh, algorithms that you can use based on your requirement. So that, okay. that is there. 
If you were using Python in the latest releases of Oracle Autonomous Data Warehouse and or Data Science Platform, you would also have access to the libraries that are available. Um, this might be a little bit more modern than the, the PLSQL that run in Oracle database. But still, uh, you, you, you would work with a set of libraries and uh, try to use different algorithms uh, to solve your business problem. So uh, in most cases, these machine learning algorithms are built in and you would use these machine learning, uh, learning mo- algorithms in order to build uh, uh, machine learning models, obviously. Right. Uh, the next maybe important thing would be uh, in analysis, but also uh, when you want to display the results, uh, is how you would uh, visualize your data. Um, obviously, uh, just we spoke about uh, the notebooks. Notebooks provide uh, support for any kind of visualization, basically. You can draw a number of different visualization and visualize the data. But on the other hand side, uh, when we are talking about Oracle platform, we might also take into consideration Oracle data visualization or within Oracle Analytics uh, and access the machine learning models from those tools. So with data visualization, you might get even more flexibility than within the notebook. And also you can embed by that option also uh, machine learning models once they are created into the the data visualization or application or dashboard Mm. as well yeah Yeah. okay so sorry sorry sorry, the last point i I just wanted to mention mention um it's not just the analytics where you would uh, apply the machine learning models you in most cases you would connect the machine learning model and the results these are providing uh, to some real-time applications, like either being a mobile app or a web page or or, or whatever, or a, con, a call center application, you know, the sales uh, agent application, just to get a recommendation for something. Or, I don't know. So the deployment part is also very important. And uh, in most cases, again, this platform provides uh, some kind of APIs, like REST APIs, in order to connect um, to machine learning, first of all, to, to, to parameterize those calls with some parameters that you would like to uh, apply to machine learning model and, of course, get the, the result back. So, so um, all of these things, as I said, the data, the notebooks, so the development environment, available models, machine learning algorithms to the built models, visualization and deploying of everything needs to be part of the one single um, uh, machine learning platform. So you've, we talked a lot about. Um, I mean that 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 helps. I mean I, I still feel as if there's uh, there's quite a lot there that <laughs> that you flow into quite comfortably. Obviously because you've got the, the the technical background. Um, I know that um, you know algorithms. You know it's, it's the world of algorithms, right? We're being eaten by algorithms and algos. And you know from my my knowledge, I mean many of these things have been around for years. Um, what what are the sort of what types of algorithms is Oracle embedding and including? Give us a sort of sense how many there are. Does that matter? You know, um, and you know what? what um, maybe just a couple of examples. Let's take my wine example. I want to go and evaluate purchasing some wine. Um, what algorithm might I use for that? Yeah. So so 
vine, vine selection is a typical example of so-called classification uh, problem. Uh, and you would apply uh, so-called classification al machine learning algorithms to find the result, to find the why best it, vine for you. Why is it called classification? So the classification is because you have a bunch of data, a couple of hundred of rows, and you would like to classify each row into one particular bucket if you say, or give the label to a particular row. So, for example, if you have information that th there is a wine coming from Italy, it costs, I don't know, 30 bucks, uh, it is white wine, it's sweet, uh, and etc. Uh, the grape is that and that. And so, so you have a number of parameters. And um, then you would like to label that wine. Is this wine good or not? So, basically, you would use a so-called classifier to classify what I just said. So in this case, we are talking about good or bad wine, or maybe uh, in the case uh, we are talking about is uh, whether this uh, gets score above 90 points or below 90 points. So these are two options you've got, two classif uh, one cl uh, binary classifier we're talking about. So uh, from the set of, uh, from the data set, you will split the data set into uh, to wine, wines that are good and which are not in the uh, the 90 uh, points uh, criteria. And for that, you would use different algorithms. This, the most simple right. okay. would be, for example, naive base. Um, mm -hmm. But you also might have a little bit more complicated. The standard ones would be decision trees or some logistic regression, for example. And there might be some a little bit more complex, like uh, neural networks or random forest and similar. So this is the, the typical example of classification. And which algorithm you would choose, it depends on, on the data and, you know, try and error uh, approach. You would uh, basically right. find the best. You will normally pick several algorithms to, to get the best. I mean, if you're a business person, you're running a, a line of business operation, you're running a forecasting process, mm -hmm. uh, you don't really need to understand these algorithms yourself, right? I mean, this is where you use your your data scientists, your, your data analyst. They're the, they're the people that have the background knowledge and experience of, you know, knowing which algorithm is the most likely to be um, best suited to the to the type of project. Is, is that fair to say? Um, yes, I, I don't think that business people should know a lot about machine learning algorithms and how they work because they would get just lost. Sometimes, you know, it, it, it's a lot of math and statistics in there. And if you're not really a PhD or something like that, then you might get uh, hard trouble, hard time to, to understand. But it's, it's not relevant. What is important mm -hmm. is that the results needs to be presented to business people in a form or uh, either in uh, some kind of a dashboard or alerts or, you know, something like that, that, for example, a gr take a take. For example, take a graph that presents uh, some some average value and some deviation from the average. So, whenever right. the, the the values are between uh, that deviation limits, everything seems to work fine, and you can also predict the future of the movement of values. And right. okay. as long as it goes out, then then it's something that you need to. Uh, react and this is something that uh, business people would need to 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 know so it, when when um you know when a, a client is creating an ml model or we're 
creating one for a client. I mean, are we talking here? Uh, do I do I need to be able to write SQL code? I mean, what kind of skills do I need? What what are the sort of options um, um, if I'm if I'm wanting to get uh, you know get a project up and running? G- give us a sense of of that. Okay, I mean, the the hardliners would be the coding is the answer. <laughs> so in Oracle case, you know, it's even more hardliner because you need to write uh, in Zeppelin notebook, you would need to know the PLSQL commands and the function calls with all the parameters in order to be able to do that. So I don't envision that business people would do that. So obviously data scientists would do. The same case would be... Sorry. Sorry, Jake. I mean, that that strikes me as being a bit arcane, right? Shouldn't there be some some further simplification, even for the data scientists? I'm trying to get that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. So um, (laughs) instead of PLSQL, any normal, let's call it normal, (laughs) but (laughs) let's say younger uh, younger, um, data scientists would use R and even more popular is Python to do that. The, the the job but yeah. of course it requires quite a lot of skills and experience to do that um, obviously things are developing and you know modernizing and uh, uh, there is some there is a project called uh, autocaras uh, which is um, a, a python implementation of um, automatic uh, parameterization and tuning of uh, neural network. So um, Oracle is also bringing that into its platform as well. So what AutoML would do is actually would basically speed up the, 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 the machine learning process for literally everybody. So you will have to define that in, uh, the problem and you know do the pre-processing. But then you would apply, for example, this classification problem of vine selection. You you might apply neural network as well. So in in the case of AutoML, um, the, the 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 algorithm will actually go through a bunch of parameters that could be possible to run with that algorithm, and it will find the best uh, outcome for you. So you will basically just select uh, tell machine learning algorithm uh, what you would like to do provide the data and it looks like this is still in beta testing as we speak right now but uh, it will give you the best possible uh, answer alternative to well, that no. would be the python programmer sorry uh, would mm-hmm. be program programmer you know running the same pro- procedure 100 times and just updating slightly parameters for the neural network. So this is yeah. quite a major advancement in productivity of uh, developers. That's one problem, one thing. And the second thing, maybe you don't need to be really the hardliner uh, machine learning specialist to develop quite compelling uh, uh, machine learning solutions. Yeah. So- I was going to, sorry, I was going to ask you that, Giga, you know, that um, are we moving in a direction where the complexity is getting lower. The simplicity of interaction with ML models is getting higher. And therefore, the speed at which ML can bring value to businesses is accelerating. Is that is that how you might see things play out over the next 12 to 18 months? Yes. I mean, with this uh, project or this initiative, I think things are moving from 
uh, a quite quite big step forward. Um, and it will be really interesting to see how this will be implemented at the end uh, and how we will be able to utilize that because that might quite uh, simplify things and make uh, you know regular user data science literally. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it's quite promising. It's moving but, in it, yeah. Uh, so what about the, the sorry, Chico? Yeah. I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm aware of the time a little bit here mm-hmm. as well. Um, let me ask you this question. This is the question I always think about. How do you know when you've built a good model? <laughs> you know, how do you know? What, what's the what's the technique for knowing that you've built a good model, or the or the best way of going about maximizing the chances of building a good model? Yeah. Okay. I mean, AutoML will tell you that <laughs> for to start with. But basically, the process of how you uh, build the model is the following. Uh, First of all, you would need to get a, a good data set with the, the existing wines that you that have been already evaluated and have some some uh, outcome at the end. You know they have, have been classified as a good or bad wines. Yeah? So this is your starting point where you start to build a model. So you need to have a data set with that particular label saying uh, what wine is. That one thing. The next step that you need to do is actually you will then split the data set into two data sets. The ratio would be 70, 30, or 80, 20, maybe even sometimes 60, 40, um, depending on the data. But the, the larger part, the larger data set is called trained data set. With the trained data set, we will use this trained data set and apply algorithm over this data set in order to build a model. So once the model is built, you will take the second part of the data set, the remaining 20 or 30%, where you know what were the outcomes and you will test this against that model. So you will then look for the KPIs and the parameters telling you if the model is good. So experienced statistician or the the data scientist will know where you are so you're looking at at the accuracy or uh, i don't know whatever measure you would like to follow uh, in order to get the the best quality and then you would then pick the appropriate split of the data and of course the the selection of the model and parameters that you would use for that particular model and so on so forth okay so it's 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 a couple of steps process which yeah. basically every machine learning exercise will have to go through. With so that, ML, I mean, this is automated. Mm-hmm. This part is automated. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, this really is uh, changing machine learning, right? This this auto ML is really going to change um, the, the the speed, the the, the skills required, um, everything by the looks of it. So that that's an exciting development. Can I come back to my selfish need to pick a bottle of wine? So if I understand correctly, what what we've talked through here is a process where we've agreed the data set uh, that we need. We've ingested that data set um, that we want to work on. Um, And then I imagine that what I want to do then as, as a citizen data scientist is I would probably like to visualize that data set inside my machine learning notebook. Is that right? My my Zeppelin notebook. Yeah. Um, and so what if I'm doing that, 
um, what kind of capabilities are useful at this stage of my of my ML project? Actually, you have all the, let's say, not all, but there there are mm-hmm. quite simple ways in uh, to visualize the data you would like to to have. So, for example, if okay. you take a data set and you would like to see the uh, let's say uh, the distribution of uh, values uh, in buckets, for example, um, uh, sweet wines, uh, sour dry, dry wines, whatever type of wines. If you'd like to see what the, the distribution is, it is just a one click away. You just uh, load the data and there will be a button. You can just apply that and you will get that particular information displayed in a second. Um also, with other uh, tools, you know, with notebooks, you can do a lot of visualization on the spot. So, uh, it, as, as we just said earlier, you know, notebooks are really good tool for, for the developing things and have the immediate uh, feedback. Okay, that makes sense. So, so the actual, again, um, for, for the folks listening to this conversation, the, the notebooks really feel to me like a you know like they say just a, it's a it's a research project it's got rich functionality you can collaborate uh, with other people I, uh, within the notebook so I've got my data I've explored it a little bit I've used the notebook visualization tools I'm now going to apply my ml model and um, I think to, to in our case to select this fabulous bottle of wine at a reasonable price we're going to use a classifier. Um, a classifier algorithm. What what would we use typically? Just just as an example, uh, yeah. what might be the appropriate one here? If, if if I recall correctly, Charlie was using random forest. So, okay. Um, mm-hmm. Random forest is a basically very cunning way of uh, running uh, machine learning. Basically, what it does, it creates a decision tree for the data you mm-hmm. selected, and then it runs. I don't know, additional 100 times, building different decision trees and then just simply say it, it takes some kind of an average or something like that for particular um, uh, record and classified. So random forest is quite often used and it's quite uh, efficient. It runs quite fast usually uh, and um, you can understand it quite well because decision trees are sometimes quite easy to understand. Right, uh, but I would, I mean, I would say uh, I would not stop with the random forest. That was just an example. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, some kind of a deep learning would could apply with some uh, neural network, and you have quite uh, uh, options there. On the other, okay, hand, I meant to ask you this. Sorry, yeah. Jigo, I meant to ask you this earlier. Again, um, just thinking about the listening audience, neural network. How simple can you explain what that is? I, I can't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, but you know, um, it, it, you know, every presentation or every lecture on neural network actually starts with the neurons that we have in our heads. So mm-hmm. you have some receptors that uh, you know waiting for some inputs, and there is this neuron that does something, and there is an output saying, "Okay, do this or do not." And sometimes okay. you have zero or, or one coming out. Uh, and when you put a lot of these together, uh, you might get a network of these. And um, basically, there's a lot of inputs and out, outputs combined. And um, 
you know, the, the, the math behind this is known for decades now. Uh, it's quite uh, interesting to see, but, uh, you know, if I wanted to describe it a little bit more, I, I would need to go into more <laughs> details. <laughs> okay, let's save that for another, let's save that for another QPod conversation. So getting back to the operationalizing my machine learning, right? So um, I, I'm, I'm getting really close to knowing which bottle of wine I'm going um, to take to, to the dinner party that's reasonably priced but, but really tastes fantastic. There's got to be a point at which I've, I've applied my random forest or other classifiers. It's given me a result, an output. I mean, what surely next, I have to be able to work with that. I have to be able to visualize that data. Is, is that right? Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in a way, you 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 would certainly would like to do that uh, in some kind of a tool like Oracle Data Visualization or something, uh, uh, which is uh, which is quite possible. Uh, I mean, how would... integrated is that though? Because um, uh, I'm, I'm getting a sense that Oracle's got you know a pretty good offering here. We, if you look at the you know the algorithms in the database, and everybody knows how fantastic and successful yeah. the Oracle database is. You know, is this an easy thing to do, or is this sort of another project? I get my, I get the the model results in ML, and and now I've got this whole other work stream about visualizing the data. I mean, uh, it's it's not very complex, uh, for especially if you're using the the one in the demo that uh, Charlie gave, because you would create a, a database table, and any database table can be visualized uh, in Oracle Data Visualization. Right, so it's it's not a rocket science. It, it just and is that just sorry, another database table, right? <laughs> okay, and is that is that typical? I mean, again, I'm just trying to think about how we can simplify this for you know a business leader. He, he wants to he wants to explore machine learning. He or she wants to explore machine learning. They're a little bit concerned about where it's going to go, how much it's going to cost, all of the complexity. Just on this point here, are you saying that? You know the outputs of an ML project are quite frequently just the output of a database table that then any analytics platform could could sit on top of and, and interpret. Is that right? Um, yeah, in, in a way. So in this particular demo, they were using the database table. Okay. Yeah. But in, okay. in classification classification problem, uh, out of the, the the result out of the uh, algorithm or the model when you apply the new data and mm -hmm. You know, you 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 just you are standing in in the in the shop and looking at a new bottle that you haven't seen before. Yeah, mm -hmm. so you can maybe have a QR code or whatever. You can read that uh, into your mobile app, and then mobile app will take those parameters and send it to machine learning for evaluation, and then you will get back result. Okay, this is a good one. Yeah, right. So, okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. The case behind the scenes is. The result of this classification will have two columns or three columns. One will be the, the ID of the wine. Okay, so mm -hmm. you will be able to identify which wine is this. The second one will be uh, actually the predicted value, good or not good wine. And the third one will most likely be the, the, the probability of that prediction. So... Um, it can be uh, up to from zero to one hundred percent, and you you can then decide what basically means if if the wine is good with seventy percent or eighty percent or ninety percent, and then you will be able to to believe the the the, the classification what was done. So whenever 
whenever what you're doing, you will get this, these two columns back. And you can do with that something. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. In, in general, uh, if you got any hierarchies or anything like that, or a countries, for example, in the demo, they were using a map representation of which country has the m- most of the good ones and which was which didn't. Uh, mm. So they were basically using those uh, results back. Now, I guess, I mean, this is probably getting a little technical and we are definitely running up against the clock here. Um, but I'm what I'm picking up from you is is that you know, the output um, of the project, the ML project or the model itself can actually be quite easily accessed, um, whether it might be, as we said, you know, exporting the results into a into a, a database table that's easy to interpret. But I think also, um, am I correct that some simple um, programming, some some APIs can also be easily integrated to expose the ML model into a line of business application, for example. Is that is that another uh, proper use case? Yeah, actually, the the case with mobile app is actually the case where you would use the the, the REST API, for example, to yeah. because when you're dealing with the mobile application and your QR reading uh, a, a label on the one. This is real time, isn't it? So you don't, you will, yeah. you will not want to waste your time, you know, storing some, some information in database table and read them consequently. You would just, you know, okay. send the data, get the result back. Uh, so this is a kind of an ex- example of a real time application that would utilize this machine learning stuff. Brilliant. So, Giga, before I just wrap up in a second, is a. I feel like I um, interrupted you a lot. I feel like I cut you off too, too often. It's been a fascinating conversation. Is there, is there anything else you just want to very briefly share around um, the topic of operationalizing machine learning? Um, no, not maybe not. But, uh, you know, uh, the comment, or it, it's really broad discussion. There are a lot of elements yeah. to it. And, you know, can you can go in any direction. So, Actually, we were jumping here and there, but maybe just to wrap things up, maybe um, yeah. my, my, my position here is that I, I believe uh, that machine learning uh, is something that will that has been here for, for decades now. Yeah. It's the right time now. We have capacity to run those hard machine learning algorithms and math stuff and those things that, uh, that we were not able to do that. 10 years ago, Um, the process, you know, how we design and develop process is the, in, in the core, it is still the same for the last 25 years. So it's not uh, a rocket science there. Uh, Obviously uh, there are different machine learning platforms. Every vendor you turn to, there might be some kind of a flavor. I think Oracle has pretty good, uh, position uh, in that, especially with the new, quite promising data science, which will be completely based on Python, not machine mm-hmm. learning, uh, not SQL. Um, but regardless what platform you, you take, I mean, I would say that data mining and the PLSQL packages are still quite well in regular ordinary life. So everybody with SQL skills yeah. can, can learn and utilize them. You don't need to be a Python programmer for that. Uh, what you need to know, you, you have to be a, a bit of a data scientist 
in order to understand what you're doing and what are the uh, parameters that you get back uh, telling you about the data quality, uh, the quality of the model and things like that. Yeah. Um, I think the most important thing in all thing is that you need to pick the right business problem, isolate that mm-hmm. business problem, gather the data, and then work with that. That I, I'm going to stop you there, Jika, because that's yeah. exactly I was about to say. I think that uh, a topic for another conversation, another QPod. I think we'll deep dive into use cases and and explore perhaps some industry-specific use cases. But I do want to say that um, I found this a fascinating conversation. I'm absolutely confident that if I followed the process of ingesting that data, exploring the data, modeling the data, publishing the output, I definitely would have chosen a beautiful Croatian wine. Um, I'm pretty sure of that, having sampled them when I visited well, uh, well, with you, you in Slovenia. Slovenian one, not the Croatian. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> anyway, we've got to wrap up now, Giga. Yeah. It's been fascinating talking to you. I really appreciate it. And thank you to uh, everyone else that's been listening in to this QPod conversation. Uh, do follow us and do look out for future episodes. Thank you again. Thanks, Giga. Yeah, thank you, PJ. It's all about the data. As always, thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this episode of QPod, brought to you by the Cubix Group. We are a global specialist in ERP, EPM, and analytics solutions. Please visit www.cubix.com to discover more great insights and content.